Hello and welcome to day 94 of our Bible reading course at Ashford Baptist Church. Yesterday we saw how the ministry of Jesus was the fulfilment of the Old Testament sacrificial system. Today the early Jewish Christians are encouraged to apply this in their relationship with God and to exercise the same faith in him that their ancestors did. Our passage is Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19 to chapter 12 verse 3. Let's pray. Loving God, as I enter this time of listening and reflection, please strengthen me in my innermost being through the working of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified them, and who has insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, It is mine to avenge, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property, because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence it will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For, in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And, but my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. 
By faith Enoch was taken from this life, so that he did not experience death. He could not be found, because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, It is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead, and so in a manner of speaking he did receive Isaac back from death. By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons, and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt, and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. By faith Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born, because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be ill-treated along with the people of God, rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt, because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger, he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the application of blood, so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched round them for seven days. By faith the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient, 
And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted and ill-treated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We don't know who wrote the letter to the Hebrews. For various reasons it's not thought to have been Paul, so other possibilities include Barnabas or Apollos. Whoever it was, having spent much time establishing the superiority of the new things that have happened in Jesus, our reading today is all about encouraging the Jewish believers. Words such as confidence, assurance, perseverance, holding unswervingly to the faith we profess, and spurring one another on, appear throughout. There's also a short section of warning, describing anyone who turns away from the knowledge of Christ as trampling the Son of God underfoot, treating as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified them, and insulting the Spirit of grace. These are strong words. The writer reminds them of former times and their great endurance in the face of suffering, and in chapter 10 verse 39 urges them not to shrink back in the current situation, but rather to continue exercising faith. This is something of a hinge verse into one of the greatest expositions of faith in the whole Bible. Beginning right the way back at creation, the writer walks through the lives of Israel's patriarchs, illustrating how time and again they put their faith and trust in God. Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, even Rahab the prostitute. And that's before they even get to the judges, kings and prophets whose stories we have followed in this course. Faith is the lifeblood of the people of God, he says. Indeed, in verse 6 of chapter 11, he goes so far as to state that without faith it is impossible to please God. 
Through these many examples, some of the essential characteristics of faith can be seen. Firstly, that it often doesn't know where it's going to end up. Secondly, that its fulfilment may not even occur in this lifetime. And thirdly, that it rests squarely on the faithfulness of God himself. In other words, it's not something they need to try and summon up themselves, but rather is a place of confidence and peace in his steadfast love. He will always be true to his covenant commitment, so they have nothing to fear, even during times of trial and suffering. Their ultimate example, of course, is the Lord Jesus himself, who was able to endure both opposition in his lifetime and then a most dreadful death for the joy that was set before him. Chapter 12, verse 2. All this is gathered up into one final exhortation, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. If someone were to compile a modern-day roll call of faith, such as we have here, and wanted to include my name on the list, how would they describe my faith in a couple of sentences? Are there any specific examples that they could cite where I have shown significant trust in God and placed my future in his hands? As we've mentioned before, does having faith mean that I can never ask questions? That's a question, by the way, as much of the application section of these podcasts have been. Questions are a well-known method of education and growth. So perhaps a better approach would be to ask, what do I do with my questions? And how good is my local church at encouraging and exploring them in its people? At one point in today's reading, the Hebrews are advised not to stop meeting together. At this time of global pandemic, when we're not allowed to meet together as normal, how can we nevertheless spur one another on towards love and good deeds, and encourage one another. Lord God, my Heavenly Father, I praise you that you are completely faithful and reliable, one in whom I can have full confidence and assurance to build my life of faith. Thank you again for examples, not only those mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11, but the many others I have heard of, read about, or known in person. I pray for anyone I'm aware of who is growing weary and losing heart in their Christian life. There may be particular reasons for this, so I ask that you would help them to talk these things through with wise friends, to continue to seek you, and never to be afraid to ask their questions. They might just be the stepping stone they need to a greater and deeper trust. Show me if I can be of any support or assistance in this. In Jesus' name. Amen.